Welcome everyone. For you of those that don't know me, my name is Jeff, aka Mad Hatter Organics, and this is the Growers Exchange Podcast. I wanted to start this podcast to get more information out there about different growers, breeders, and industry companies. So stick with us as we exchange all types of grower knowledge. First off, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Autopot USA, for the best plant-driven automated watering system out there. Use discount code MADHATTER10 on autopot-usa.com for 10% off your entire order. Now, let's get started with the conversation. Welcome everybody to the 14th episode of the Growers Exchange podcast. I have another small-time homegrow, you know, kind of, uh, you and I kind of thing. So, um, welcome in 420 Organics. Thanks for, thanks for coming, man. Thanks for, uh. Hanging out. Thanks. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. So tell everyone uh, a, a little bit about uh, about yourself. There, you know, kind of where you're from, what uh, what your background's like, and get things wrong. Um, I'm from Ontario, Canada. I've been growing now for about five years. I'm. I think I'm going up on my fifth year. Uh, started in 2018 when we went legal here, and um, yeah, we went legal in October. And I started growing the spring before October outdoor was my first. And then, uh, you know, I didn't do a whole lot. You know, I, I put them in pots and I put them out in the backyard and I watered them with the hose and didn't know anything about it. And uh, basically from there, I just kind of grew an interest for, for doing this. And that's when I realized about YouTube and not so much Instagram or anything like that, just YouTube at the time. And I, I turned it to YouTube university for everything I know, basically. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube's a oh. pretty good way to learn how to grow for sure. There's lots it, of, lots it of really good information. Is. The only problem I found with it was like, there's so much information and, and as a new grower, there's, there's too much. Yeah. It and when you're like, well, and I, like I was super eager. I wanted to know everything that there was to know. So I wanted to know everything about synthetic. I wanted to know everything about organic. I wanted, and then I, you know, I kind of mashed them together and eventually kind of developed my own way of doing things. But I, you know, I'd have a problem with something and I would just like watch 35 different videos and try 35 different things to correct that one problem. And then I'd end up with 35 other problems. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's the problem I found with YouTube, but YouTube is, is an amazing place if if you know what you're looking for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you think you have one issue, say like a you know, magnesium issue or something, and then you go on YouTube it and everyone's like, Yeah, just add this, this, and you should be good. Well, really it's yeah. more of like a you know, a root issue kind of thing and and what you added in is just gonna increase the deficiency even further. Yeah. Sometimes it's you end uh, up with you end up with like a, a pH problem or something like that. And, and you're giving it everything it needs. Yeah. And when you end up with that pH problem, now all of a sudden it's just not absorbing the nutrients you're giving it, you know? So really you're doing everything that you can, except for something else is off. Yeah. And nine times out of 10 for me, that seems to be the problem. Yeah. Yeah. The intention, the good intention is there, but uh, sometimes it's, works out to be an issue at the end exactly cool so so you've been growing for a few years now um what's uh what's kind of your setup like uh you know your your Um, tent grower outdoor grower would you know run us through i do i do both um outdoor was for was more like a hobby for me i wanted to see how big the plants could get i wanted to see how how much I could grow on one plant where indoor I went for like the quality aspect of it. So I don't, I didn't really smoke my outdoor. Um, Mm -hmm. it was, I use that for edibles or, um, you know, I do coconut oil, butter, stuff like that. And I would use that for that because I mean, it worked out great. It was better than using trim. So, 
I also grow in tents. Right now I have two two three by three tents set up, but I did have two three by threes, a five by five, and then two I guess they they call them like propagation tents. Yeah. It's like a sideways three by two tent that's oh, two yeah. feet tall. Yeah. So, you know, I did all my clones and seedlings and stuff in there and then I had two veg tents which were my two three by threes and then I had a, a five by five flower tent and I got everything kind of on that perpetual grow so basically every eight weeks I would harvest my five by five and then I would move over a three by three over there and just you know spread everything out and try to fill that five by five well yeah it seems so. like you got a pretty good system going on there uh, I mean, yeah, with I a, did with at a, one point <laughs> <laughs> with a name like 420 Organics, uh, I would assume that you run all organic stuff then. I do. Yeah, okay. I started with synthetic. So yeah. after my first my first year was kind of like my my foot in the ground. Um, and I didn't really do a whole lot. You know, I did the I think I did like blood meal and chicken manure. Okay. I think was the only two things I gave my plants. And I, I pretty well just used like um Walmart black earth and dirt from my backyard. So Yeah, nothing wrong with that starting did, off. Yeah, and, and I just didn't know anything, right? So I didn't know what kind of soil to use. I didn't know anything about cocoa or peat based anything. Like I, I literally knew nothing. And um and then I started, when I started actually giving nutrients and, you know, using some of this research I learned, I started using advanced nutrients. And quickly I learned, like, you know, I got like 12 bottles of stuff that I got to mix every feeding, like every two or three days kind of thing. And I just, like, there's got to be an easier way. There has to be a better way to do this. And then that's when I found out about Gaia Green. Mm-hmm. So I started using Gaia Green um, and and Promix and Gaia Green Promix and worm castings. Yeah, beautiful. That's a pretty simple mix, hey. It really is, and like anybody can do it, and yeah. you can make it super simple, or you can make it super complicated. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think uh, I've seen... a a lot of people Sorry, uh, kind of developed that little recipe from Mr. Canuck uh, on, on YouTube there. He, you know, he kept, I wouldn't say he developed the recipe. I would say more like, you know, it's Clackamas Coots mix, but just with a little bit, you know, added on on top. So it's a yeah, 100%. Um, Mr. Canuck was probably one of the first people that I saw using Guy Green. And, and I followed his, not necessarily did I follow his recipe, but I mean, I, I did in a way for a little while. And it was just such a simple way to do things. And I thought like, okay, well, maybe this is the simple way that I was looking for. Yeah. You know, he obviously gets great results. You know, he, he shows it in all his YouTube videos and thought, you know what, I'm going to try it. And I, and I, I got great results my first try. Yeah. So, you know, after that, then I thought, okay, well now what can I do? What, what does this do? Or what does that do? So now, now I have like my own kind of recipe and based off of, Guy Green, basically everything I give it is Guy Green, and um, yeah, you know I, I've added a couple other things in there over the years that aren't Guy Green, but yeah, yeah, I'm very similar to you. I started off kind of copycatting his his little ways of doing things, uh, you know, and then I added yeah. in some mycorrhiza, some dinomyco, you know, uh, and then um, you know, Okashi different compost i didn't follow his you know recipe to a t but i started my own doing my own little thing but it's been working out great yeah yeah and and honestly like i haven't had bad results yet and no i i definitely can have better results you know there's always room for improvement even if you keep the same recipe yeah there's always room for improvement because you might add a little bit more you might add a little bit less you might add certain things at different times or you know whatever the case is and there's always room to get better at what you do no matter how easy it is or how good you get yeah so yeah uh i mean organics when you're going from a synthetic um 
growing methods into going into organics, it's kind of a little bit nerve wracking. You're kind of uh, uneasy about getting into it because you know it. Or synthetics is just so simple. It's just add into the water, feed your plants, and just do it over and over again, kind of thing. But when you, yeah, when you're having to rely on your soil to feed your plants, it's like shit. Did I have enough in there? <laughs> yeah. Do I have enough? Or did do, I, should I add more? Should I add less? <laughs> Did I do it soon enough? You know, yeah. there, that was that was the first problem that I ran into with Guy Green. I followed the the containers, hmm. and I went. Uh, I think I top dressed my first feeding, like it it would have been my second feeding because I mix it into my soil first, and then I do another top dressing like two to three weeks in, but then I did it like four weeks in. So it is like as you know, it takes. A week to two weeks basically to really honestly start getting any of that nutrients you just added because it takes time for everything to break down yeah so when your plants go into a deficiency and you're you're top dressing now you're you're the damage is already done now now it's recovery time <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and, you know all so. the different terminologies too that no-till the living soil the uh, water only you know, like it's uh yeah it gets overwhelming for sure yeah and that's what i meant like you can make it super simple or you can really dive in and yeah. like and then you can start doing some of the stuff like what you do with the the fermenties and worm casting teas um yeah, that was mycelium peas. You know, there's there's so many different ways to do it. Yeah, yeah, that was a whole nother issue. In itself was, you know, what do they mean by brewing a tea? Like, yeah, do I boil water and and throw a tea bag there? No, it's you know I, and then you have to come up here with a recipe that works for you and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's. It's a it's a huge benefit though. I I, I love growing organic. Uh, you know, I, I do grow some salts, but uh, it's mainly all organic, and all my outdoor stuff is all organic as well. And yeah, yeah. going to try. Last really year hard. was my very first organic grow because I had so much synthetic nutrients left. I thought, well, I just got to use it up, so I might as well use it on my outdoor plants because why not? It's more like I said, it's just kind of a hobby for me outdoors. Yeah. So the summer like last summer was my very first full organic run and it was the best outdoor i've had yet yeah by yep. far and it's the same strain i've been growing for like four years saying it's a clone off of the same plant nice you know and this was my best year and it was all guy green yeah yeah let mother nature play with mother nature that's right yeah that's right that's that's what i try to tell people like we're just trying to mimic <laughs> what nature does and there's so many things that we've changed to do this indoor thing or outdoor you know for outdoor for that matter there's we've changed so much mm -hmm. and the only thing that we've left the same is the weather because we can't control it you know we've tried covering them we've tried doing this we've tried doing that I've, i used to do cages around mine I would do an inner cage and an outer cage, and then I would scrog it with like bamboo sticks on top, and I would build a big grid. And I would do two layers of it, and that would be for wind and you know just to hold everything up by the end. Yeah, yeah so, so you drew some pretty big outdoor plants then. You had two two trellis cages. Yeah, um, I used to use the um, you know the the wire that you used for like concrete driveways and oh, sidewalks yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, little wire four mat. four inch wire kind of. Yeah, I think these ones were six. These were six inch squares, and they were four by eight sheets. So like the sheet same size as like a sheet of drywall. Yeah. Um, I took, I want to say it was like three quarters of one, and I made the small cage. I just rolled it, zip tied it all together, and then I took two cages. Uh. So like 16 feet, attached them, rolled them around, and then I went like a couple squares in just to kind of give it some strength. And I staked those ones up so the top of it was at six feet. And that's where the top of my, my bamboo scrog was too. Nice. Yeah, I'd say those are pretty decent plants then. <laughs> yeah, the last one I, I did, uh, I did three pounds on 
on my last one. I only did the one, and it was a three pounder. Beautiful. Can't and I have a fence right right beside where they were growing, and it's a public walkway. Oh shit! And it's super busy. Like parents are walking their dogs and their kids to school every morning, and they're walking by it, and I can hear them being like, "Ooh, it smells like a skunk." <laughs> and uh, so I had to keep it low. Like I had to keep it as low as my fence. Yeah. You know, I didn't live in the best neighborhood, and there's a lot of like teenagers around and stuff like that. So I had to, I had to keep it six feet or lower so it stayed six feet but i grew i put a, a seven foot chicken wire fence that's four feet tall around it mm. and it actually ended up pushing the fences out well and so this thing ended up being about eight feet wide and about six feet tall with my height it's not too bad i remember uh, a couple years back i grew a couple outdoors and i had them up against my six foot six fence and they grew taller than that Somebody, uh, I think it was around beginning of September, mid-September, and they still had like probably three to four weeks left. And uh, somebody popped over my fence, top, popped the whole plant, cut the colas off the plant, and walked away with it. I was just like, "What do you like? They're not even ready. They're no, they're nowhere close. Like you're just gonna smoke yeah. and get a headache, man. Like get on you." Yep. Thanks for topping my yeah, plans. You're gonna <laughs> cause, yeah, you're not gonna wait. You're gonna think I'm a horrible grower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they're kids. Like they don't. They don't know. They yeah. don't even know what they just did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't know that. That's the uh... same thing. I had. Um, I had uh, these two kids. It was like two o'clock in the morning, and and our area was really really dark, and I had all black on. I had a black sweater and like dark colored jeans. And I'm in my backyard, and I hear this kid climbing the fence on the other side. We have a wood fence and then the chain link yeah. fence on the other side. And I hear the one guy go, it's right there. Just look. Just look over. It's right there. So I, I'm standing there. I'm like five feet from the plant. Yeah. And I watch him climb up over the fence, and he just kind of looks down at it. And he's like, oh, there it is. Look it. There's more over there. And they're pointing at all of them. They knew where they all were. Yeah. And, and I, I confronted them the next day, and I didn't tell them what what he was looking at, I asked him, you know, you see something in my backyard that you like? Like, what was it? And I said, just, I know, I know where you are. I know where your parents are. I will be coming to talk to your parents if something happens. Right. And, you know, nothing happened. Yeah. Good. Nothing happened. Yeah. But... These pesky neighbors, right? They're, uh, never trust anybody around here. No. And, like that's just one worry you got to worry about outdoors like you got to worry about weather humidity mm. uh powdery mildew pests neighbors like there's so much yeah are you uh are you in an area where you have like a little bit longer of a summer like say like southern the southern kind of tip of ontario there it's kind of the growing season seems to be a little bit longer than where i'm at at least i I think my first frost is typically around September twentieth. Um, so I would. Um, that's that's not far off of ours. Like I would say, end of September, early October. Yeah. Um, I always try to get them down. Right, my birthday's October fifth, so I always try to get them down right around either the weekend of my birth, like whatever weekend falls close to my birthday or the weekend after. Yeah. Depending on the weather. Like if I think we're going to get some dry, dry weather for the next few days, decent temperatures, I'll leave them as long as I can. Cause I know they're early, but I would rather take them down a week early than end up with like bud rot or mildew or, you know, something too much rain and everything just falls over because it's too heavy yeah i was talking about so. my kush there a few weeks back and she was uh you know i kind of i grew up in kind of her part of the neighborhood there um over on the west coast of canada and last year they had a, an amazing outdoor season it, it lasted right to the end of october they were pretty much everyone yeah. was able to get a full harvest in without having any bud rot or powdery mildew issues or anything so um, yeah, she had a really good year last year, actually, last yeah. summer. Yeah, hopefully we can have another one of those this year. But uh, mm. it's not. Do you do out, do you do much outdoor? No, uh, I have no. a greenhouse that I do a little bit in, but uh, 
the outdoor season here is is kind of too short. There's too many bugs, and there's lots of hemp fields around. So we get lots wow. of hemp pollen that flies miles and miles and miles, and uh, kind of destroys our plants. So I've had Everything seeded out seeded. plants like no tomorrow. It's uh, to me, it's useless. Uh, I do a yeah. little bit. I'll, I'll be doing a bunch of auto flowers in my greenhouse this year. And my I have a big, uh, kind of eight foot long, two feet tall, two feet wide bed um, nice. that I use. I take all my old uh, soil out of my gar out of my tents, and I just dump them into that living soil bed kind of thing. I'm going to be doing a cover crop. I'm going to be adding worms in there this year, and I'll be uh, hopefully doing a few auto flowers in there. Kind of Maybe. peak peak season, so hopefully I can get the nice. Best Have you done autos inside before, or, or is that going to be your first? Uh, I've done a couple, uh, but they also got pollinated with the hemp hemp pollen, so they kind of just got wrecked. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> that really sucks. Yeah. I've I've heard of that happening before. Um, Tally grown buds. Do you know who he is? I think so. Yeah. He's got a, a a fairly decent sized YouTube channel where he's just a yeah, yeah. huge outdoor Northern California organic grower, like a no-till grower. Yeah, and he shows everything, like whether he really messes up or it's really really good. Yeah, he'll he'll show you every every step, every problem, every single thing, what he does to correct it. Um. But he was saying last year, last year, no, the year before last, um, everything just got seeded. Like one of his neighbors had had a male plant somewhere, yeah, <laughs> and, and wiped out like a twenty-five pound garden. Jeez, you know, or whatever it was. It was a big. It's big. Yeah, he yeah. Does, pollen think, can like, fly 12 over fifteen plants. So, ah, that would suck to lose all that that amount of weight. But yeah, yeah. pollen oh, can, can fly for miles and miles and miles, and it's just microscopic, and you know, yeah, it's crazy. It is. It's horrible. Yeah, I've had seeds too, but I think it's just because of like light or whatever. Like it, it, it was a stress problem, like a herm. Yeah. So yeah, and cool. I've definitely seeded my own my own indoor <laughs> stuff. Like I missed a missed a male somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, you don't catch a nanner or don't catch a, you know, a herm down below somewhere. Yeah, yep. it happens. Yeah. All it takes is a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So, um, so you grow organics, um, you grow inside and outdoors. Um, yeah. What kind of pots are you growing in? Five gallon, 10 gallon pots? Um, For, for which? Indoor or outdoor? Uh, let's say indoor. Indoor, I, I typically do um, fives, yeah. but depending on my space, I'll, I'll go down as low as three. Okay. So in, indoor, I don't think I've done over five gallon. But outdoor, I grew in, like, this year, I grew in a 100-gallon pot outside. Nice. And you, so that was it. With that outdoor 100-gallon pot, are you reusing your soil for next year? Are you just going to remend it and reuse it for next year? Uh, we were going to, and then I realized that um, the the people who I'm staying with right now, they have a dog, and the dog was going in there and, mm. you know, doing, doing its thing. So I ended up, we ended up getting rid of it. So I, I, I wanted to use it. Yeah. For sure. But I think, I think we're just going to start over. You have to take that cage that you made and just make a cage around that pot. So it keeps the, the dog off of the it. Dog, the dog could get through it because, like, it was just a puppy at the time. But oh. <laughs> she could get up on top of the pot. So I didn't know. I it was one of those like unknowns. So I just left, left it, and yeah, start over. Yeah, I hear you. So then, in the five gallon and the three gallon pots inside, what the what's your feeding schedule? Your top dressing schedule like with those? You know, obviously, you have to do them a little quicker with the three gallon. Uh, you know, yep. might be able to last another week or two with the five gallons but yeah like with the threes i'll do it like every couple weeks like every two weeks roughly maybe three depending on what the plants look like and with my fives i'm on schedule with every three weeks yeah yeah so. i'd say like uh anything kind of a seven to ten gallon you're able to do that 
you know, four weeks or so, but, uh, yeah, anything five or less, it's three weeks for sure. Yeah. I I've made the mistake of going over the, like going the recommended four weeks, What I think I agree says every three to four weeks or something like that. Yeah. So, okay, I'll try the four weeks. What's the worst that can happen? Well, yeah, they go deficient and then it takes a while for your plants to get it. Yeah. So, yeah, and it yeah, seems they, like they, the first thing that starts to go deficient is nitrogen as well. Like I've noticed that in kind of mid flower with organics yeah. and small pots, it's nitrogen first. Your plants just start yellowing out right away. Yep. So I like, I like well, to add a little bit of uh, bone meal when I'm doing a top dress mid flower as well, or not bone meal, sorry, blood meal. Uh, blood meal. Yeah, get a little bit of nitrogen in there along with worm castings yeah. and stuff. Yeah, definitely. I'll I'll do like worm castings. I might I might top dress depending on kind of how I'm feeling, but it's not that's not really a schedule. I always do it on schedule with my feedings, but there's times where I'll do it in between as well. For worm castings, I'll also make teas. Um, I'll if I if I run into like a nitrogen deficiency, I also use Alaskan fish fertilizer. So it's it's not super high in nitrogen, but it is. It does have readily available water soluble nitrogen that's available like now. Yeah. So I will mix that in with some water. I like to add it to my teas, but you know, if I need it like today, I'll just mix it up and add it in, and it'll help bring a little bit of life back in the soil, and it'll also give uh, nitrogen. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so what's your top dressing kind of like? What is it just guy green or are you adding adding that in with the compost and some um some worm castings as well? What what's what's your schedule? So I add I add uh worm castings for sure. I use Vermabec, Vermabec worm castings. He's a great guy. So if anybody needs worm castings or is interested, he's really reachable. Um he's got a YouTube, he's on Instagram, all that, but so I, I use uh, Vermabec worm castings. I use all-purpose guy green. Um, I use alfalfa meal. I use kelp meal. Um, I use oyster shell flour and uh, diatomaceous earth as well. And I used to use neem seed meal, but I've kind of steered away from that, and I. At one point, I, I was using like green sand and rock phosphorus and or rock phosphate, mineralized rock phosphate. Um, oh, there was a bunch of stuff I was adding at one point. Insect fraz, that's another one I like. Um, yeah, like there's there's so many, and and honestly, like I, I'll I'll run out of something, and I'll be like, okay, well, I just won't do it this run. But then I'll end up getting it again halfway through the run because, you know, I just, I'm so used to adding that. I feel like I'm doing something wrong when I'm not. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's the, you know, there's a simple way of doing it where it's like, you can just add your Gaia Green blends where it's just the 444 and the 284. Uh, or yeah. you can go the route of mixing up your own cocktail of, of different minerals and uh, amendments and stuff. Uh, yeah, that... like I, I've told people, like you can just grow with the four 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 and the two eight four, and maybe add some worm castings in there. Yeah, you know, put in some pro mix and just make sure you're you're on schedule with your feedings because they might they might need it a little bit more than what mine might because I give it more. Yeah, like I explained it like a multivitamin, right? Like yep. you get a little bit of everything. And and you can grow great plants, and you can take a multivitamin and be super healthy. <laughs> but you can also find out like your body or these plants are deficient in one thing, so you can add that one thing on top of your multivitamin that you're giving them. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I try to break it all up, and I try to give it the multivitamin, and then pinpoint certain things. Make sure that they get everything that they need before they need it. Yep, exactly. Be proactive. Yeah. Awesome. And I also do. Uh, um, I tried Green Rush. Green Rush nutrients. Okay. They're also organic. 
And they're Canadian company too, aren't it. they? Yeah, yeah. They, and and they're again, they're they're like the Vermaback company, like they're super reachable. Yeah. Like you can just message them and they'll and they'll get back to you and they'll answer any questions you have and they'll you know, they're really good dudes. And I'm not sponsored by them. I've only tried them one run by themselves with no guy green. But I still had some left over, so I thought, well, instead of doing as many teas, why don't I just, in between, I'll just use, because they have a bloom and they also have a grow. Mm -hmm. So during veg, like, I, I started adding that to my water, and once a week, I'll add that into my water, and I'll pour that on top of my top dress. Nice. So, and I do it in flower, too. I've been doing it all through this <clears> run on flower, and, and these are some of the nicest flowers I've grown to date yeah so and that's on your indoor stuff yeah yeah cool yeah um what uh what's your ipm kind of management what do you do for IPM? um i use uh petra tools crop defender yeah and you seem like it seems like it's working for you i've used it a couple yeah, so times far. um i i use that and i use diatomaceous earth yeah. And actually, this run, I, I had a problem with gnats. Um, like, they just got out of hand, and, like, I, I didn't know what to do. I had the sticky traps. I was doing the petri tools. I was doing the diatomaceous earth, top dress, like, dust my tents, like, trying to wipe them out as best as I could. And I, I ended up getting the mosquito dunks. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever tried those or not. Yeah. yeah. Man, those things, so quickly... Um like killed my problem yeah so that's one thing it's a little bit more like on the expensive side but you get a few of them and i think i paid like 35 bucks or something for six of them yeah but i think i used one or maybe two for both i think i used two for both my tents and i just basically i broke them all into quarters and ground them up and top dressed my plants with them and it lasts for three months crazy yeah, I've used nematodes before for uh, fungus gnats. I did actually. Was that this run? That might have been my last run. I used the nematodes. I tried them for the first time. Yeah. But they really freaked me out because I'd see these little things crawling all over my plants, and I was like, "Oh my god, I got another problem." But it was it was the the predator mites. Yeah. Yeah. Just doing what they do, right? Yeah, that was actually just in my. Uh seedling tent tonight i have mixed up some um some soil a few months back and being and it's just been sitting there doing its thing and um i gave it some moisture and i went in there kind of digging around a little bit and i see these little red uh you know predator mites in there as well like oh sweet you know got uh good life in there so yeah and that was my first time my seedlings. Used, that was my first time using them i didn't know yeah what i was even looking for yeah so when i did see it i was like oh my god there's like a million <laughs> mites in here like my, my house is gonna be infested tomorrow yeah but then and then i thought about it i was like no those have to be the predator the, the nematodes yeah and they were you know i didn't have any pest problems or anything like that they just did what they do and took care of everything for me so i uh a few grows back there i had I had these little worms. Ugh, I can't remember what they were called, like glass worms or something. They're they're just tiny little, like half inch long, pretty see through kind of uh, whitish worm. And I was digging over, you know, my the my rice hole, my mulch layer. I was kind of pushing it off to the side to do some top dressing, and I was yep. just like, there. I was shocked how many little worms there were. I was like, oh, like what is this? Yeah. Uh, turns out they're good. Um they're good for the soil. They eat all the you know, the eggs and whatnot for fungus gnats and so they get all the larvae and Yeah, so they were everything. They're hmm. definitely uh beneficial. <laughs> nice. And you don't you don't remember what they were called? No. Ugh. I wanna call them glass worms, but that's uh, like that's the fly fisherman in me, like with lake fishing there's yeah. sort of like uh glassworm larvas or whatever okay, but i just um 
Yeah, shit. I can't. I can't remember. It's clear worms. So, uh... I'll look it up. I'll see what I can find. Oh, pot, that, pot that worms. Like... Pot worms. Pot worms. Like yeah. P O T. Yep. P O T. Pot worms. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll they're actually beneficial. Out. So, um, I mean, in smaller quantities, obviously, if you have too big of a population of them, they could do some damage to your roots and whatnot and cause some issues, but. They were, uh, I, I talked to my friend Roxanne that owns a worm farm, and she said that uh, they're good, so I went with it. <laughs> That's another thing, actually. I just I just started a worm farm not too long ago. Yeah, nice. But, so uh, it's just, a, just a small, small bin kind yeah. of thing, and uh, again, I got my, uh, I bought cocoons. I bought them from, from Vermabec, yeah. and... Uh, yeah, basically, you just, like, create this spot for them. And, like, it's all over YouTube. All oh. the information's everywhere. So I just put these cocoons in there, and next thing you know, I got I got worms. Nice. You just make, make sure they're fed, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you've been feeding them just uh, scraps, leftover vegetables, stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah just vegetable scraps. Um, every now and then, I'll, I'll try to, like, crunch up and rip up some leaves when I defoliate. And uh, I'll throw some of those in there, yeah. Uh, like brown paper bag type stuff. I'll shred some of that up. I'll put some of that in there. Avocado skins, avocados after they've gone bad and you're not gonna eat them. Yeah, cut those in half. Throw them in. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I was I was talking to my last guest Johnny. He said he just started a worm farm as well, and he adds all his worms into his pots and that. And nice. Uh, I was saying to him that uh, something that I need to get into. Uh, I just have way too much stuff here. And my, again, yeah. my wife won't let me. <laughs> oh, but man, like, um, so the reason that, that he got into the whole worm thing was not because he was trying to be a, a worm farmer. He was trying to cut down on garbage. Yeah. And um, I don't remember what he said, how many kids he had, but he, I think he has like either a family of five or a family of six. He's got a big family, right? So they they were constantly taking out too much garbage every week. So he he ended up just starting these worm tables, and he said like I cut my garbage down like in less than half. Mm -hmm. So he said that they they eat everything. He said I put a hat in there to see what happened. They ate it. Yeah. Boxers. They ate them. Like <laughs> everything. Yeah. You know, the only yeah. thing they left was the button. All right. Yeah, when I was interviewing Roxanne there, she was saying that she was doing tests on uh, different coffee cups. So we got uh, Tim Hortons, McDonald's, and Starbucks, and uh, which one would break down the fastest and which one would have the least amount of leftover, um, you know, plastic material. Because, uh, you know, inside of a McDonald's coffee cup, there's, you know, a dual layer cup, and inside that, there's that plastic kind of waterproof coating kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, she said that uh, Starbucks was the worst. Really? Yeah, Starbucks lasted the oh. longest, but they would break down within a, just a few days with worms. As she goes, uh, but I, but I bet they don't leak. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Not as not as easy as a Tim Hortons cup, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I get the leaders every other day. Yeah, I hate. Uh, I mean, as much as. As much as I hate Tim Hortons, I still drink their coffee. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Every day. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's kind of cool, though, actually, like, that she's doing those tests because for people that do drink Tim Hortons every day, instead of throwing that cup out, take it home. Yeah. Throw it in your warm and let them take care of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if, so, it's, no, uh, cool. if it's easy enough, everyone should be doing it. I mean, uh... I have a couple compost piles in the backyard just for throwing my scraps in, dude. It's not that hard. Yeah. Bought a no, fifty-five really gallon isn't. drum and cut a cut a hole in it and dump all my food scraps in there and I roll it around every once in a while. Yep. Mix it up and do you add anything to that? Like do you add bokashi or anything to that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll add some bokashi yeah. into it. I'll add uh, some teas into it to get in some microbes and whatnot. And yeah. Right. But usually it it does its own thing and it's pretty quick at doing 
doing what it needs to do. So. Nice. Yeah, that's that's one thing I I I did do, but we weren't really conscious about what we were putting into our compost. Yeah. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about like alkaline or acidic or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, like, there's certain things you can obviously add. Like, if you throw a bag of lemons in there every week it's going to be super acidic right yeah so like that's that's what we did like my my partner at the time was using a lot of lemons or limes and they um they'd all go in the compost when they were done yeah and that compost became super acidic yeah and it really wasn't good for anything that i would use it for so that's one thing that I would really like to get into is composting and being aware of what's in it and make sure I'm putting the right things into it for what I need. Yeah. And also like getting more into the, the whole worm farm and stuff like that. And yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff like even those ferment teas that you were talking about when you came on. Um, I would love to get into those. Um, the labs, oh, there's so much stuff. <laughs> so yeah. much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have the I have the PDF files for both the Jadam book and uh, there's another like a I think it's uh, just an organic gardening book. I think it's the same same lines as the KNF stuff. Um, right. But yeah, there's three three different books. There's three different PDF files. I can send them to you when we're done here. Um, it's for sure. It's yeah, a massive be awesome. benefit to to learn how to do all this Jadam stuff, KNF stuff. Um, yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it benefits your plants for one. Yeah. But again, it's like composting, right? Like you're cutting down on waste. You're using something you're gonna throw in the garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I just... And you're taking the benefits from that and then using it to benefit something else. Like it's just it's such a it's a win-win. Yeah, so. I talked to my last guest and uh, about this as well, and he, uh, yeah, I had a watermelon, pretty much a full watermelon that was just about to go bad, and um, I cut it up into one-inch cubes, put the equal parts uh, by weight watermelon and brown sugar together, and let it sit there and ferment. And uh, in a five-gallon bucket, I put a some paper towel over top let it sit for a few weeks and came back and had that fermenting bubble and kind of a bacteria layer on it and uh you know after do you, do you or... bubble that with with a like an air stone or anything or you you know it just, just like let it let it be yep let it sit let it sit and do its okay. thing uh the brown sugar is there to feed the microbes that are breaking down all the watermelon and you know plants and whatever you want to put into it but I ended up getting like a full quart, uh, you know, mason jar of fermented fruit juice. And that's, yeah, that's wow. watermelon fermented fruit juice there. So you can just add this into your teas and uh, use it as like a, a bloom enhancer kind of thing. You know, it's full, yeah. full of sugars and kind of full of, you know, beneficial fertilizer. So is there certain ones that you could add for, um, like, could you do one that's for, for veg and ones that are for flour? Is there certain foods that you can use to ferment that are better for different times? Yeah, for sure. There's the fermented uh, plant juice, which is, this is all uh, defoliated cannabis leaves. And okay. uh, I defoliated my plants when they were in veg just before I flipped them to flour. Uh, so I use, you know, vegetative plants where they're going to be high in nitrogen, high in the vegetative nutrient. Uh, yep. and then, yeah, so you can just use that for, uh, for your veg yep. and you can use a fruit juice with all the kind of more on the phosphorus and potassium side of things. Uh, in your blue yeah, so if you took like ban- bananas or something like that, like banana skins or whatever, that'd be good for more of like your transition into bloom kind of thing. Yeah, I would say it would be good for right from transition all the way through flower for sure. So I think bananas are high in potassium, right? I think it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
uh yeah banana teas cool. banana yeah ch- cut them up into one inch cubes equal parts brown sugar to banana let it sit for a few weeks to a month even longer the longer you let it sit the the better it's going to get so so the longer you let it sit it obviously gets it's going to get stronger um like i assume you've used this on your plants yeah can you burn your plants with this or is this like yeah obviously when the longer you let it sit the better it's going to get you're going to want to reduce the ratio of um liquid to liquid fertilizer to liquid right so um, right right now i think i'm at a like you know it only being a month worth of uh fermented um i'm about 10 mils per gallon um so i would you know if i had like say a uh a year old ferment, I would only do maybe like two mils per gallon or something. It don't quote right. me a hundred percent on this. I'm still learning myself, but um, from what I've learned, it's yeah, the longer you let it sit and do its thing, the better it's going to get, the less you have to use of it to get right. what you need out of it. Well, it, that makes sense. Like that, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I would go with that too. And then I think I would do kind of like what I did with like the synthetic nutrients where I cut it way back and then step it up until I see I'm causing a problem and then take it back just a little bit Yeah. to where, you know, it's not causing a problem, but you're, you're pushing it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I'm definitely interested in that. And like Candy, she does the, she started getting into the labs. Yeah. Or maybe, no, maybe it wasn't the labs. Yeah, I think she was calling it something else. Um, it yeah. makes that crust on the top, or like that that cheese on the top. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Your cheese curd, that yeah. Dry out. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. She's doing that. It's labs. Um, uh, rice wash, rice uh, wash water, and then add ten parts milk to one part rice wash water after you let it sit, and then a couple days later, yeah. curds up on the top. You take that curd out and then you're left over with the labs and uh you can use that for everything powdery mildew you can feed it to your your soil into your foliar spray it on your plants uh, um it's super beneficial i've made it i've made a batch of that i've made a batch of uh water soluble calcium with um eggshells roasted eggshells and vinegar uh yeah mm. a couple of the fermented plant juice and stuff like that now so it's it's a whole different story it's awesome i I find it so interesting like people are now like i never really heard about this before and i've just kind of heard about this type of stuff over the last year two years yeah and and i had never known enough about it but now with talking to people like yourself or oh man there's quite a few of them out there now but um you know, people are taking their food, their their scraps, and they're making their own nutrients. Like I just find it so cool that this is even a thing. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, I don't know, it's like composting. Yeah, it exactly. is composting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, I have another pile out back with it's just grass clippings and leaf, so it's kind of equal parts carbon to nitrogen, uh, letting yep. it sit there and do its thing mixing it up every once in a while. Uh, and then I have another bin. The first bin that I was talking about was just basically all my food scraps and Bokashi, a little bit of starter compost into it just to get things kicked up. And Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it, the more self-sustaining you can be, the better off you're going to be, uh, you know, kind of financially not having to rely on the supermarket for your vegetables and whatnot. Well, that's, that's it, right? Like, you can grow your own vegetables, you can grow your own medicine, you can do all of this stuff, and you don't have to go, like, I assume you've grown all your own, well, you have grown all your own vegetables, I've seen it. Um, I haven't grown the, all my own, own, but I do grow. <laughs> yeah. own, but you do grow, you yeah. do grow vegetables. Yeah, yeah. But you go to the grocery store and you buy a green pepper. And yeah. you grow your own green pepper. It doesn't matter if it's the size of a dime. Yeah. 
that dime-sized green pepper is way better than the grocery store pepper. Just, you know, it's like the taste of, I did this. Like, you know, yeah. it's a proud moment. I grew this and I can eat this. Yeah, knowing what's in it and knowing that it didn't yep. get sprayed by any nasty chemicals or Roundup or anything like that. Yep. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But, oh, yeah. I wanted to uh, talk kind of the last point here. Um, you're part of Homegrown, uh, the community. Uh, you guys do yep. live streams every Tuesdays and Thursdays on Instagram. With, uh, every both... uh, every Tuesday we do interviews with uh, like last night we just had Chad Westport. Yeah. Um, next Tuesday we have Tourette Grower. Nice. We got Microbial Life Hydro coming up. We got Trim Bag coming up. Uh, we got Northern Scrogger coming up. So and those are all on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, and uh, we do Fridays as well at 9 p.m. Eastern, and that's. That, that one's about the, the community. That one's about the Gromies. Like, we want to bring people on that want to show their plans. Um, you know, anybody. It's it's like an open mic night. Yeah. So whoever wants to come on and talk, show us your plans, tell us what you do, maybe learn something, maybe teach us something. Like, we learn something new every Friday night. Cool. Well, every, every live we do, we learn something new. It doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday or a Friday. We learn something. Yeah. And and it's just Fridays are are the home growers like they're just normal people that like to grow their own medicine and they come on and they talk to us and they show us what they got and you know it's 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 cool yeah yeah you guys have had me on twice now I I appreciate you guys bringing me on it's yep it's always a fun time got to talk oh, a absolutely. lot about mushrooms and stuff and yeah and I actually uh, last Friday I talked to. Um, Oh God! Uh, little little cannabis family. I'm pro I'm probably wrong, and he's gonna be mad at me. Um, <laughs> um, he's he's another mushroom grower, and nice. he came on, and we talked about mushrooms, and and like the dude was just so full of mushroom knowledge, and yeah. like he like again, that was that was like a a real big learning moment for me, you know, like I just. There's so much that I learned in a, like a five minute period. It was like one of those moments, yeah, right? <laughs> so yeah, the benefits of of mushrooms and psilocybin are are insanely powerful. Uh, you know, it's well, now getting... and I just recently watched that um, fantastic fungi. Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> you know, it's insane. Yeah, that's what really kind of. After doing a small amount of mushrooms, I watched that as well, and it really piqued my interest in like how fascinating it was, like how big of a it world really and what, uh, you know, how much, how much it has incorporated into life itself, and like, you know, it, it interacting with trees and other specimens. Yep. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a beautiful world. Yeah. I I didn't know that there was so much information or so many different species of them or like it just that's a whole nother that's a whole nother world yeah mushrooms like yeah it really is like i've always focused on kind of like what i'm doing now with um the cannabis and everything but i would eventually i'd like to kind of dip my toes into the mushroom thing just to try it say that yeah. i've done it you know because i just find it so interesting yeah, I, I don't even know that I would do them or not. Like, I'm still, I'm on the fence with it. I used to when I was a kid, a teenager and stuff like that, but I haven't done it in over 20 years. So, yeah. <clears throat> and that was more of like a recreational, work. recreational kind of drug for you, right? And and now knowing Absolutely. what you know, it, it would probably be more beneficial for mental health and you know, mental for stability sure. and whatnot. It's you know, it's absolutely, a... and and that's how I would go into it. I would go into it as like. This is beneficial to me. I wouldn't go into it like, how many handfuls can I eat and still yeah. function? You know, like they wouldn't be that at all anymore. Like it was when I was sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. You're, you're stupid when you're seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't know anything. Yeah, but you think you got but, the world by the balls, but yeah. well, you think you know everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
I know raw like ra mushrooms there um that i interviewed a few interviews back he uh he he now has these kits that are just bags so they're just little you know four by six or four by eight bags kind of thing um they're small enough kits where you can just do them in your closet or in a cupboard or something uh they're fairly decently priced you know like i think they're around 30 bucks or so it's not too bad but oh, uh good. you get a good amount of mushrooms off that one kit and you can you know do a couple flushes off of it so you you'll have enough to be able to uh have what you need you know so uh yeah do your experimenting yeah yeah maybe uh, I, I, honestly like i would really love to get into the the whole microdosing thing that's yeah that's what I would, that's what I think what I would prefer to do over eating them and then going on that trip. I think I would want to microdose with them. And I've, I've just heard so many good things about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's definitely something I'm, I need to do more research on for sure. Maybe mm. talk to a few more people and kind of get their point of view on it. But based off of what I've heard so far, I mean, I really haven't heard anything bad about it. Yeah. So yeah, I was nervous starting to microdose. I was unsure of it, and I was like, "Oh, you know, is this gonna make me trip?" And uh, kind of, you know, I don't know. Should I do it? And I started doing it. Never had any sort of like bad effects from it whatsoever. Sometimes I would take a little too much. You know, I'd have like a two hundred milligram dose yeah. instead of like my normal one hundreds, and it would it would kind of have like a little bit of a Ooh, I'm kind of feeling a little bit, but. Yeah, you know, I just knock it back down to a hundred, and away I went. But it's it's a good benefit yeah. doing microdosing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, think I would feel more comfortable with that than than just eating like a couple grams. Yeah, or something, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I definitely recommend doing a couple grams, like probably once or twice a year. You know, yeah. have have a good uh, being a good set and setting, and have a good trip for a few hours. Reset your brain. Yeah. Go find my spirit guide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've I've heard that too, and and yeah, you just got to be either in the right environment, the right people. Everything has to be right yeah. because you can I think go on that that negative, get that negative vibe from it. For yeah, sure. yeah. I like to do it camping. You know, it's uh, it's where my heart belongs. It's where I feel the most relaxed and and at peace um yeah you know three four days into camping totally relaxed kind of in my zone do three four grams and have a ride nice yeah. that's a good idea yeah well you're out there with nature anyways so i mean yeah i think that's where you'd want to get spiritual <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so yeah nice beautiful man well it's kind of uh kind of getting up onto the hour here um is there anything uh fun and up uh, exciting coming up in the future for you um for me personally um not off the top of my head like i'm just just kind of trucking along like i, I lost my my instagram account a little while ago and i'm just now rebuilding my new one which yeah. sucks it's fourth time i've done it yeah um well, but, give give yeah. everyone your shout outs for your socials and whatnot. Uh, Instagram is 420organics with a K with the underscore at the end. Uh, we got Home Grow the Community Official. Um, we're, we're talking about doing a Home Grow the Community YouTube page. And we're going to, I think we're going to start putting our live, Insta we're going to save all our Instagram lives and then we're going to post them on YouTube later on. Yeah, it's yeah, a good idea. It's just another place to kind of keep them Archive. locked up. Yeah, another place for people, other people to go see them. Not everybody has Instagram. Um, yeah. So everybody go follow Candied Amber Farms, uh, Mama Kush Four Twenty. Those are the home grow the community ladies. And uh, yeah, and tune in for Tuesday nights and Friday nights. Awesome. What time? Tuesdays and Fridays. Nine, p nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time for both. Cool. 
on on Instagram. So Fridays would be most of the time it's me that hosts them. So um, if you're not following everybody, you know, look for me live or Tuesdays. It's usually Candy Amber Farms that hosts them. So if you're not following all of us, you know, look for look for her on there. Yeah. So. Awesome, yeah. man. Well, I'll also link all that stuff in the description section below. And, uh, and yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and being an awesome guest. Yeah, I appreciate you having me here, man. That hour went by quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have you on again in the future once, uh, once I get things rolling again. So Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, if for you that Guys that are watching on YouTube, uh, please don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe, all those kind of things. Uh, and people watching or listening on Apple and Spotify, uh, please leave a review. Helps me, helps the algorithm. Uh, it helps get guys like Mr. Uh, 420 Organics, you know, a little bit more traction, get uh, the home growth, the community out there. And, uh, and yeah, I appreciate, uh, Appreciate everyone listening and watching. So until next time, guys.